0: Hi, you're Hi. listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf. Today we are with Carmen Scott. She is an actress, comedian, writer, and entrepreneur and a new friend of mine. She just fluttered into my life a few weeks ago. And <laughs> yeah, she's she's a big, beautiful presence. And I'm excited for you to be here today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm stoked. Yeah. We're all already jumping in. We, it happens. <laughs> we do that. We do that on here and then we should be recording the whole time. And yeah, because yeah, we just like came up with some really juicy stuff. So I'm sure we're going to backtrack into that. But yeah, I invited her on here because she came over to do an ozone session the other day and she's just riffing and going and talking about life. And I was really intrigued and into what you were talking about is that we go through a lot of different self-helps and self-discoveries and self-developments for these future us's with Mm -hmm. kind of blindly going into things to peel things away and put things back together. And then when we realize that we've kind of arrived at that person that we've spent probably a lot of money and a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of energy yeah. creating Yeah. and I would love you to share a little bit about what you shared with me um in the ozone machine yeah about what um, that looked like for you because you've gone through a big transformative process yes I and I think it's
1: not so much of an arrival as a realizing the becoming, like Mm -hmm. the chrysalis is the butterfly wings are starting. And then you're like, Oh yeah. And, um, thinking about how, uh, how many times does a bird attempt to fly? Mm -hmm. And then like, it's flying, right. You know, what is, what is that like? And, um, I moved out to LA six months after I graduated from college, I studied dance and business and moved out here intentionally as an actress. I was like, I'm not a dancer. I'm an actress. I was here five and a half years. I left for seven. I ended up back here. I've been back here for five and a half years. I just caught myself, um, dating myself. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things But I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to self-filter, but it's all of these things that I never stopped acting, which is interesting. There's a very short period of my life where I wasn't acting, but even when I wasn't pursuing a professional career in entertainment, I was doing plays and I did a bunch of commercials. I sold cars for a couple of years of my life. like All of these weird things now I realize have given me so much. I've learned so much. And it's this... Interesting thing of feeling like, yes, I'm becoming this person that I, I can feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, that I've kind of had visioned myself being, and at the same time, feeling this like unknown aspect, Mm -hmm. just showing up with this childlike, oh, what next? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm just getting started. Yeah, I am just getting started. And I think sometimes um, in these things that we do yoga, I got really into Kundalini yoga and I did the yoga teacher certification program. So I got my, I did that. And then it was like, I think part of my um, impetus at the time of doing that. And I did that when I came back to LA
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the second time when I moved out here, which wasn't
0: a plan. It just happened. I couldn't have planned it. Yeah. I mean, I am those beautiful no. spiritual things that drop us in the right places at the right times for, yeah. yeah,
1: totally. And I got into that. And I think part of me thought that if I do this, then that will attune me to the frequency I need, you know, to be successful and right. always wanting to, there's a quote that came across my existence, the first professional experience I had was in high school. Mm-hmm. Debbie Allen came to Fort Worth and okay. did a show called Pepito's story. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was my first like professional experience. And it's <laughs> the story behind it was that nobody would take me to the audition, uh, from my family. It was like my little brother's birthday. And I found out about this audition at the last minute. Um, and I just, I would falling. I'm a very uh emotional person I have the gift of feeling very strong emotions and uh-huh. express-
0: <laughs> expressing the And it there. is a gift yeah um, yes yes I'm learning to love that part of myself Yeah my brother used to beat me up um and he would hit me and he cuz I was too emotional for him mm. So I got for actually like my superpower of being extremely um empathic and just really just feeling all the feels of life he like for the early part of my life like kicked my ass for and he's like you're just so hypersensitive and and then he would just like beat me up but it's a superpower
1: it is a superpower Mm -hmm. and I think that trigger it triggers people Mm -hmm. a little bit especially when they when they can't let themselves express that's
0: why yeah
1: Uh, my last long-term relationship was with somebody who couldn't cry oh and it was like his wife had passed away and he like couldn't cry. And so I think. Then you show up and you're like
0: all the feels and all the emotions running yeah. through and
1: expressing. And I also felt the adoration for that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's uh, everything is a teacher. So this quote is being good isn't enough when you dream of being great.
0: Mm. So wait, what happened when you were crying about in the brother's birthday? Oh. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah. My dad, um sensitive dad, was like, we're gonna go down there tomorrow and we we're just gonna say we had an emergency, we couldn't make the audition. Okay. Because the callbacks were the next morning. It was in okay. the paper. Okay. This is when they I was know, like, okay. in front of the paper. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, You're gonna put on your damn leotard uh-huh. and we're gonna go down there and uh so I'm like in my unitard. <laughs> Amazing. With my hands behind my back. So embarrassed and unprofessional. And and I got to audition in front of Debbie Allen with like seven other kids. Wow. Instead of 500 other kids. And I got to do the show. And instead of being a part of the chorus, I was a lady in waiting. So I had this character role Uh and the other two ladies in waiting were old. They were like several years older than I was. And it was Just such an amazing experience, you know, and, um, that's a lot of hard work and the push and the, Mm -hmm. you know, that aspect and the discipline Mm -hmm. and, um, you do things. I had a ballet teacher in college that really imparted a lot of wisdom. Um, like you do it when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it Mm -hmm. so that you can when you do. Right. Right that's and, beautiful. Yeah. And finding and the discipline of it. And then also there's the shadow aspect of it. You mm-hmm. know, we had weigh-ins in college. My weight was part of my grade. What? In Yeah. No way. Yeah. It was a part of my grade. I mean,
0: I knew some like weird stuff happened in like Vegas and back in my competitive dance, uh, in through my like grade school, they would talk about weight and stuff. And you kind of had to be a certain size to be a part of, but they never actually put us on a scale. And they actually went to like, that's kind of fucked up. Um, I, and it's weird. There's part of my, I justify it. Of course. I mean, you had to, right?
1: Yeah. So it's finding this balance of that asks you know the good parts of it digesting. I mm-hmm. love the the metaphor of digestion. Like when we digest properly, we take the nutrients mm-hmm. from our food and then we eliminate the waste. Oh, that's beautiful. And so, how can I do that for this moment? Mm-hmm. How can I take from Kundalini yoga what nourishes and feeds me, and then eliminate the doctrine and the dogma that I do not agree with. Mm-hmm or the business aspect of, you know, I found out some things about the, the business organization of Kundalini yoga or that Yogi Bhajan had started. And then stuff came out about Yogi Bhajan Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. You know, uh, and it, that is a a soft spot for me. And I have these very strong opinions about how business and how things should be done. And that really inspired me to do part of my inspiration for the leadership development and uh, public speaking sort of oh, okay. course that I did. Wow. Cause I found myself going, Oh, well, you have all these judgments, but what are you doing to
0: change that?
1: What, like, it's really easy to judge people, but what, what company are you running? Right. You know? Yeah. So that, that humble this, the aspect of our ego that it, that feeds us that pushes us ahead. And then the aspect of our ego that, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's not like um i don't think you ever
0: arrive at that you know it's yeah it's, it's i think it's like I see it is like it is there's like levels though so you get to the next level yeah. right and then you go through you have everything that's waiting for like it's like a video game right so mm-hmm. it's like you made it past the big boss of this one and then you're on to the next level, right? And then all these new things come, and some old characters come back to play around this level, right? And then you go to the next. So, yeah, it's more of like an arrival of a future level, yes, to mm-hmm. go to and then go through that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just got shown last week of like how I thought I could go back to an old environment and it was like really intense, like talk about like a big boss ending to a level, right? It was like that. And it was like really toxic and kind of fucked up. And I'm like, I don't belong here anymore. Like, what am I doing? And it was like, kind of like, I feel like to that level of a part of my life, not as my life as a whole, it was like, that was my last test to it. Like, are you gonna pull yourself down and put yourself back where you don't belong anymore and that you've grown out of, you know? Or are you going to like try to squish yourself in this box that you no longer fit in because of X, Y, and Z? And um, yeah, I, then I look at things like Matt Kahn. I don't know if you know Matt Kahn, the spiritual Mm -hmm. teacher. He has a great saying that everything is for everything, right? Mm -hmm. So even though I left that day, it was an interview. I left a little bit traumatized, right? And then I sat with it and I let it move through me. And then you know, because you were kind of speaking of this too of little things coming, you know, throughout your path that might have been weird or hard, or you find something out about something and it feels icky. But it's to show you if everything's for everything, it's to show you like the digestion, right? What does no longer serves you, let that go away. It's pushing you further where you should go. The at the time and place of of that had its purpose and its nutrients for the mm-hmm. moment. Right. So I had to really once I got over like the shock value of what happened in this interview. It I I just started laughing because I'm like, ha, spirit. I see why you put me there. And and it was to really show me like you're you're actually like you've elevated beyond this.
1: So you can add, those moments, I feel like that's when you can feel that you've grown.
0: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's where yeah. I'm like, oh, I've arrived to the next yes. level, you know, like yeah. that I have arrived now. Like look I'm at not the level the that same person. On. I'm not, I'm not a, the same person. And I can't even be that same person, even if I, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And even let's say I got the job. I was like laughing. Cause I'm like, I don't even think I would have lasted like one week. Like something would have happened either. I would have lost my shit or they would have like kicked me out. They just like <laughs> kicked me out before yeah. that even started. Right. Yeah. So Yeah. There's like such blessings in the part of, you know, like your dad, like, I love that story because it's like, your dad was running on like more of like a divine, like energy, right? Like he was being guided to something different, but you didn't, you couldn't see that because your little self only thinks it has to go a certain way. And he like cut all the crap for you and made it like so much easier, probably even more than he even realized. Right. So it's like, we think these things are going against us. And they're actually in the bigger picture. Once we go through the things, they're so there for us. But our egos, mm-hmm. right, put them in a little box that they're bad or it's wrong or it's not right or it's like, why me or you're fucking up everything, right? It must be. Yeah. <laughs> so then with yeah. your Kundalini too, right, it's like, okay, I love that because, like, those, when you recognize the judgments, pushed you, like all of that was there for you to put you on a path that you were meant to go, but the little things needed to happen in sequence to have you see that this is another aspect of yourself that you're supposed to follow.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for my experience with Kundalini and in a wild turn of events, because I was like, I'm not a yoga teacher. I'm not a yoga teacher labels. I noticed that labels Mm -hmm. are, are an interesting thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I love yoga as a practice in different forms of yoga as well. And I'm teaching yoga tomorrow morning, Kundalini yoga at the Hollywood forever cemetery. Oh, wow. So now I, um, I'm going to use the certification because I have all these different certifications. I've done all these different things, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I use, um, I bring that even into when I facilitate improv, which is another thing that I love to do. I love to hold space for people to play and discover and try new things. Uh huh. And I am going to say, I that is a gift that I have. I held a workshop for newbies so they hadn't done improv before oh, on sunday and mm-hmm. to be like yeah everybody can do this and the play the playful aspect of it mm-hmm. but to um just say yes to the opportunity to teach kundalini is healing
0: mm-hmm. even when
1: i i went and taught a mock class for the teachers that teach out there and it's one of my favorite places in la the hollywood forever cemetery yeah
0: it's a cool place it's a
1: vortex yeah and it's gorgeous. It's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So just saying yes
0: and being open and just, yeah. And like putting the judgments aside of what that is. I was really shown that after, um, after that interview last week and what spirit was really trying to show me is like, say yes, more to things that get out of the box of what you think it needs to look like or that things need to go in this certain way because there's a whole avenue and area over here that's like waiting for you that's easier and more fun right than this narrow box that you think it needs to look like right yeah like this so if life is this
1: endless buffet Mm -hmm. but you think this is all you can eat you're only in the meat
0: section yes right like oh wait yeah you're missing like the salads and the desserts
1: and the you know and just because you ate something before doesn't mean you have to keep eating it yeah and sometimes you gotta sometimes you step back and digest
0: And sometimes you got to try something to know you don't like it. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. I think there's a lot of programming with that too, of like the older generations that you are supposed to decide what it is you want to do and who you're going to be and who you're going to marry. And you just do that for your life. Right. And it's like, but what happened to all of that over there and all of that over there and the things you could have been. And I remember my ex-husband getting mad at me. He's like, you, you, you always keep trying stuff and stopping and not liking it. You try stuff. I'm trying stuff. Or I'm like into it for a moment and then I got the fix and then I want to move on to something else. Like I actually love buffets. <laughs> <laughs> i so into buffets. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. Like I love, cause I love, um, I love trying a little thing. Yeah. Like eating with a bunch of people and like, oh, I want a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Or like tapas, you know, you order a bunch of tapas. Right? I love to eat like that. Yeah. And I
1: love an Indian buffet. I'm from Texas. So oh. coming to California, one thing I noticed right away
0: is less buffets. Oh yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of buffets here. Yeah. No, there's a lot. Of, is there a lot in Texas? Ooh, girl. Really? Mm. Is it like Vegas? <laughs> Sushi buffet. Really? Lubies. Lo- what's a Luby's? A lubies.
1: You get the Lu and platter. <laughs> it's like country... <laughs> home cooking totally. cafeteria style okay
0: yeah what kind of texas are you from
1: i'm from alito texas i don't know where that is i'm with the bearcat <laughs> state champion winning bearcats football. i think your hair
0: needs to be um, bigger when you talk like that <laughs> i mean, it poop it up yeah, yeah. um where it's is right that?
1: out it's right outside of fort worth oh, okay it's a small town that's not so small anymore so um My parents moved out there for us to go to school because it was known for having a good school district. Okay. And, um, shout out to my teachers. I had some amazing teachers. I really did. And I call it a, I describe it as a small town. That's not so small anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a history teacher that said, this is what the Texas state government tells me. I have to teach you. Wow. And this is all these other things that happened. Ooh. So why don't you think about it? And think about how the person that wins the war is going to write the book. Yeah. Ask questions.
0: Yes. And this is like... Please ask questions, everybody. Please, for the love of God. Nancy Malone
1: with her cow with (laughs) diarrhea named Squirt. And she had this belly and she put her hands on her belly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think she's passed. She's transitioned. But yeah. And having, you know, just amazing. I had some amazing... (sighs) Getting the glimpse. Um, <laughs> just amazing teachers and um my high school English teachers were out of this world. Wow. And having this deep love for story mm. and language. Mm-hmm. Things communicate, trees communicate, mm-hmm. birds communicate, all these things communicate, but we human beings have language we have the ability to take specific words, choose words, and then arrange them in a deliberate manner to elicit
0: feelings and to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. And to invoke, and right? to invoke, yeah. And to cre- like literally manifest with out of thin air, like titillate. hmm Yeah they say like spelling, like that's why you should really actually be careful with your words, like spelling your, what is spelling? You're casting a spell, like abracadabra, right? It's we, the language is so powerful and the powerful that we can, yeah, put it all together in our brains, create. And in that, all of that forms, like even just writing a script. She was just telling me about this script she's writing on, and we're going to bring you. back the character of this <laughs> script in the future for fun and interview she her. I'd love to be interviewed at yeah. Woodcocks. But look at she that. It's me. like you taking language mm-hmm. and words and imagination and forming it together to create something completely new. Right. I have, and it's interesting.
1: I have this download not a couple months ago, and it was like myself. But M-Y-C-E-L-L-F, mm. every fiber of my being, myself, who I am, the great I am, Sat Nam. It's mm-hmm. the same Kundalini Yoga,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what had those? It's one of the most powerful mantras there is. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, simple, simple.
0: Like so, that's you have to be careful with the I am mm-hmm. statement if you want to say I am broke right you're claiming that's the ultimate claiming of clearly what you don't want but you're claiming yourself to be broke i am love you're claiming that you are this you are in commune with god in the in the ultimate creation so anytime you say i am be very careful what's the next word you're putting after that and if you really need to like you know, kind of get things out of you and, you know, work through something, just try to be a little like conscious of how you're putting your words together too. So if you need to talk, like, you know, I'm financially struggling right now and I'm nope. Okay. I just said, I'm, I'm not going to go forward with that. I'm going to recorrect. And then you know, there's I an mean, experience just in the of, a tra- of transitioning into greater abundance. Mm-hmm. But like, if yeah. I wanted to tell you, like, it's just because I said, you know, financial. So let's say if I don't want to tell you, like, oh, I'm broke right now, I would want to say, like, um, there's some difficulty surrounding just reroute your words so that even you can have your human experience and your third dimensional experience. And I'm a big believer of getting things off your heart and off your chest and moving them out of your body, even if they are negative, get them out. But just be careful that you're not saying I am something. Yeah, right. And making it a declaration of who you are. Just reroute, re, re just refinagle your wording for it. And you can still express what you need to express that feels like a hindrance or a problem because I don't like the spiritual bypassing either. Like, no, just turn it to light and love. Like, no, allow yourself to move through that. I'm I'm playing with that a little bit more because I,
1: this is something, I was just thinking about this. It's like, yeah. how long have I been? I'm finding I'm fine. Everything's mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. because people, people ask me how I am. I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. And I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome. Even when I'm dealing with stuff. Yeah. I'm awesome. And what I'll say is overall, I'm awesome. Yeah. And you are, I'm experiencing this overall. I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest and say, I'm experiencing this. Right. I'm experiencing these feelings. I stop saying I'm depressed. Right. Or I had, or I have those tendencies. Um, <laughs> the, ver- I, um, I went to see a therapist when I was, um, I just was like really down at one point. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't take, I don't take anything and like grew up in a family where we were pretty all natural, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, we would take stuff if we had to i had a rash we would take steroids or whatever yeah but i just i was going to see this therapist and i'm flipping out on him before i even got there because i got lost and i'm like crying hysterically and screaming at him on the phone and then we the first thing he does is go uh i can write you a prescription for that and i'm like actually i'm good you yeah. know but um you know, I just I feel things very strongly. I have a very strong emotional guidance system.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: when I stop saying I am I'm depressed, I just don't go down that rabbit mm-hmm. hole as far. I have feel I and for a minute I would say I
0: have feelings I used to call depression. That's beautiful. That's I'm a nice feeling, yeah, because so, you don't need to align with it. There, I don't know. I'm going to butcher it because I don't know the full Jim Carrey quote, but he does talk about, you know, depression is just like a state where you're not being the ultimate expression of your spirit. Mm. Right. So depression comes in from stagnant energies, from, from your, you're staying in the past, right. You're clinging on to old things that didn't work out the way you wanted them to. If you're in the present, you can't be depressed
1: or if you're, you're growing, you're not growing into that version of yourself that your higher mm-hmm. self wants to. Yeah. I just had someone uh, just listen, like, instead of trying to fix yourself fix, it's like just set intentions
0: for your highest mm-hmm. and align with that. And love that little piece. That's why I love working with, with the shadow stuff is really loving that piece that you think is wrong. And bringing that piece to the table, let it have a voice. What does it want to say? But also integrating it because it's actually a very useful part of yourself. It's just having a voice at the wrong places where it's like, okay, where do you want, where do you get a seat at the table in the right places? It's not a bad part. We're completely whole and perfect. It's just, we've been programmed and told and projected upon by other people's shit, right. And unhealedness. So then we, in our egos and we miscalculated and made up some crap or being emotional or empathic or whatever, we've taken on things of people's that aren't even ours and created it to be our own. Mm -hmm. Right. It's an identity. So we're actually whole and perfect always at every single moment. It's, we can look at whatever perception I say, I could write the story of my life in five different ways from five different perspectives. And it'll be a completely different story in my life.
1: Mm.
0: And that's all from like, which piece am I going to play up? Right. The, what was me, the, this part of my, you know, shadow. I've really checked that a lot lately. Those old shadow pieces or those things are saying like, Oh, I'm depressed. Like just statements that are like, wait a second, those aren't even true anymore. And that was that was the beautiful about going into this interview last week. I was like, this old person had to show up there even to be there. And I'm not even her like at all. And then like, just to see like, how much do we want to keep making true of past selves, you know? And just like what we think we are. And I'm like, I'm not this anymore. Yes. I was this at one point in my life or it was a part of me. Right. And like, what can we let go to like move on and make room for more? So depression, if you want, doesn't even need to be a part of this next experience because that was a past person that in that time didn't have what you have now. But or then we get kind of like, it's like an old muscle thing. Like we get, you know what I mean? Or, or someone... we don't
1: believe that you can be
0: that happy. And believing.
1: You it's like, yes. And people, When people say toxic positivity,
0: I don't know. I don't know about that.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. like believing that I'll still have all of these feelings. Yeah. Things will still happen. They will still happen. They will always happen. And I love it. Like, loving, oh, I reacted. Like, I've done all this. I've stayed pretty centered. And then I still found myself feeling like this in conversation. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this ability to exercise an uncomfortable conversation that I would have avoided mm-hmm. that last version of me would have avoided at all cost. Yeah, you know, and knowing that that builds character, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. It's so juicy.
0: It's so juicy. It's so it's cool. So, it's, it really is when you can like sit back and observe these things. It's, it's exciting. Cause you're like, wow, like you take less things personally, you give yourself so much more grace and innately the confidence comes into you deeper, right? You don't have to go out and try to be confident. You just are, you just are these like confident and self-assured and, you know, because you're, you're giving room and space to every aspect without the judgments. I think the judgments are huge. Because I've really, this past year, had to work on judgments and really look at where my judgments are coming from. And I really see a lot of my judgments were actually blocking a lot of blessings. I feel that. I feel that. Because I'm like, oh, that doesn't actually, is not the way it is. I just formed a judgment around it. Well, now people are having success in this area that I judged so hard. I actually didn't even have all the information for it. Can I ask you what space you're talking about? Yeah, it's really funny. My friends are making a killing right now on Facebook videos. Really? <laughs> like the dumb ones. Like wow, the ones that are yeah. super horrible and they're making a killing. Yeah. So I love the, thank you for bringing that forward to for having me getting a little bit more specific because- I would watch these videos and I'm like, what is wrong with these people? And this is such a lower right. vibrational life and this and that. And my friend came to me the other day. He's like, Sarah, I made $76,000 last week. Having fun. Like, Having fun. And he, I'm like, he's like, yeah, it was a little soul sucking at first, but he's like, once I saw the potential and he's like, they, he doesn't work a dumb job that he doesn't like. And like, they just fuck around all day and do these dumb videos and it's like that just opened up my mind of like wow look at how your judgments and your things you've blocked yourself and put so that's how I'm sitting in this fucking interview and I'll just say it like I was gonna scoot around it but now I'll just say it at a fucking restaurant again that Uh, I quit the restaurant world I said I'm done and I'm not coming back and then I got scared and things Weren't flowing the way I needed them to flow, and I was like, okay, I mean, this is the only option. I <laughs> tell people this is the only option. This that will give me the hours that I need and the quick money, and I need something right now, and blah 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 blah, and you know, and then so I'm sitting in this thing, and I'm back in this world that I don't belong. I've grown out of. It's not in alignment on any vibrational level at all, and then.
1: I'm and, like, and at the same time, there's nothing wrong with working at a restaurant. No. And that's where
0: I came to. I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with working at a restaurant. That was the For everybody thing. that for works you know, an you know, I, yeah. And it was just, it, this is for me and my own uh, totally. mm-hmm. path, right? And where it is right now. Because it, it just, spirit was like, how much do we have to show you that in your life, this is no longer a part of your life? You've already done it. You've done it well. Mm-hmm. You did it for 26 years you need to open up your eyes, throw away your judgments. Okay. It might not be Facebook videos. They're they're like saying it doesn't even have to be that, but start looking at and listening to and, and expanding to what could be out there besides A, B, and C.
1: And having fun making money. And making having mo- fun
0: making money. Yeah. I- because that's not going to be <clears throat> fun for you. Just sitting in that interview, my skin was crawling because that's how much for me, that world it's wrapped up it's done I actually have a lot of trauma from it still
1: um I learned so much working in the service industry and I, I stepped out of that um I sold cars for a couple of years <laughs> which was amazing but I wouldn't that you know not what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life but yeah. what I learned from working in the service industry is everything is an experience Everything is an experience, and we can create that experience. Mm-hmm. And um, taking that into, you know,
0: the kind of work environment you want to create creative environment too. Oh, it's great. You know? people skills of like absolutely. I have such confidence into walking into any space and place and be able to communicate with whoever mm-hmm. because of the hundreds of thousands of people that were different every single night for 26 years. That I can come and find something vibrationally and work with what I have and be able to read people and read their minds and anticipate and use my intuition and all this stuff. I mean, I wouldn't give that up for that. I mean, that's like pure like it helped me sell boot camp training. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: helped me sell cars and I did very well, you know, something I never thought I would do, but I also learned so much there and it's Mm -hmm. called show but uh, my ballet teacher joe the toe rowan she is still alive um and still dancing joe the toe Joe, joe the toe joe the toe she One of my favorite jokes is I'm a teepee. I'm a wigwam. I'm a teepee. I'm a wigwam. Shut up. You're two two tins. And she would say like, we didn't have time for jokes. So she'd be like joke 42. And then we'd all clap once and get back back to work. But she just, she had to survive at a young age using dance. And she also said that she really encouraged financial independence and said, when you are a woman who can stand on your own two feet, you can be with who you want to be with and not who you need
0: Mm -hmm.
1: exactly and i also don't think there's anything wrong with um the relationship where one person you know brings in the majority of the income Mm -mm. you know it's all different and i don't think that's i have a thing about um women that help men succeed and then they act like it's all the man's money right I'm like I'm sorry but 20% of that should go to you my mom put them my dad through chiropractic college yeah you know mm-hmm. So my and dad, is a breadwinner, but like,
0: right. But your mom he helped yeah, him get there. He wouldn't be there if, Absolutely. It, if it wasn't for her. And that exchange and, you know, sometimes this person's taking the lead then the other, then the other person's taking the lead because this person is burnt out and needs to go in a different direction. So then there's a low period. So that's, you know, that's true partnership really is totally. to be able to get to that place where I, I feel like for me, I've just, Allowed myself to be in relationships and things of moving out to LA at 20 years old and doing everything for everyone. And I burnt myself out so bad that that was one reason why I even just had to walk away from the restaurant industry. I'm like, I have nothing left to give anybody. Like, I can't serve you, I can't give you the experience. I'm, I'm just so depleted, like just depleted. And that's what this past year has been for me is like allowing people to come in and help. That's it's so, str- it takes when I so never long. would have, and really seeing that the next partner has to step up as an actual partner because mm-hmm. I'm not carrying one more person in Good this life, you. unless I'm birthing them from my vagina I and they that. have to raise them to a certain age. I just want to celebrate you for saying
1: that. Okay. That was my celebration Thanks dance. for anybody listening. That was a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> that was a skeet, skeet, skeet right. <laughs> for your soul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. Really but awesome. that's a long time learning too. Right. Really?
1: Um, I think financial literacy and financial empowerment should be part of every mental health program, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, And it's such a, it's such a loaded topic too. And it's so interesting for that. I think, um, you know, we inherit so many things and so many things are generational and I look and I think, Oh, it, you know, when things seem easy for some people, it's like, oh, because they've always just expected it to be that way, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. And that is vibrational, and that's energy, and it's right. also, you know, being taught. Um, yeah, you know, um, in different ways, in different families, mm-hmm. have that in the generational wealth
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the emotional aspects of money. But you know, you have these mental health programs, but that is foundational. That's a part of it. Um, you know, my English teacher, Mrs. Sam, said money, money can't buy happiness, but the lack of money can bring a lot of unhappiness.
0: Mm-hmm. It is true. Yeah, and in some in some respects, like money can buy happiness to an extent because totally. when you're not worried about paying rent, getting food, just the simple basic needs. Like I just there was like a a ish thing out there the other day that was like we're the only species on earth that has to pay to. Mm-hmm be here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. god that made yeah. me really sad and I'm like that is really fucked up because if I don't play this game right the way they want me to play to have this thing called money then I could potentially not have a roof over my head or food in my refrigerator and it's that's really sad. So in some ways I was rerouting that one. I was thinking about that one the other day. Money actually In this time and space we're in right now, this could timeline could change at any minute that we get rid of all the things and we go back Mm -hmm. to this holistic being of life and the equal exchange in energy and we don't have to pay to be here, right? Um, Until that happens, money actually on a level does buy happiness because then I can just- I do agree with that. Relax for a minute and just know that my basic needs- are, are taken care of.
1: And, um, uh, one of the things that the, our mutual friend, Naomi reminded me of the prosperity, like of just being here, you know, we live in a country where we don't, it's not perfect. Of course. Um, and you know, when people are like, it's the greatest, I'm like, well, have you been anywhere else? You know, but just, uh, you know, having a bigger perspective, but yeah, I mean, we're not living in a war-torn country either. We're not.
0: And that's what I like. Do you
1: think we can rewrite our timelines? Yes. Yeah, I do too.
0: If we collective, we can, okay. Cause here's the thing. We or can go collectively, back and change them. I, a saying came to me a long time ago that by healing the past, no, by shit. What was the saying? By healing the Future, you can go back and heal the past. It cleans up the timeline. It was something like that. So, the work we're doing now, like if you work with ancestral work, the work that you're doing now to clean your ancestral lines, the healing that we do now, presently, singularly, or as a collective, does actually ripple out in future and past timelines. I believe that, and this is why the news pumps so much fear when they pump so much fear and media pumps so much fear and then everyone's talking about it, right? And then it's all, we're all agreeing to that timeline that they're forcing everyone to go to. If we took back the reins, shut the fuck up, envisioned a different timeline, then we together can collectively go anywhere we want. We can do that in our microchasm, or we can do it as the macrocosm.
1: I feel like this timeline of mine is being rewritten or I like just had this like download about that when I was in high school and I just started like dressing however, however I wanted to dress and I didn't care about being cool. And I felt like I had different pockets of friends. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I associated most with the academic nerdy kid, Mm -hmm. you know, the AP kids, the kids that were in the AP classes, we were all in the same classes together for like this period of time. And I feel like that was one of the reasons why we got to hold space to have deeper conversations, you Mm -hmm. know, and what a blessing that was like, so, so, so cool. But then I, you know, partied with people that were older that yeah. weren't in high school anymore. And then I had dance people that I hung out with and they you all and had a similar things and... thing.
0: Cause I was in dance. Yeah. I was with the the popular kind of bitchy girls, but I was also friends with these people and and I didn't really yeah. identify with really any group. I just fluttered to all the groups. And then that carried out when I moved to LA, I had my Russian hippies I would hang out with, but then I would go hang out in the heart of Hollywood and be at all the best places known to man, hanging out with celebrities. And then I would be go to work and then I would hang out with all the servers <laughs> and then would go yeah. you know, back to Minnesota and hang out with the people who never left home. And then I would, you yeah. know what I mean? And I've always been this like, I don't want to say chameleon because I don't change who I am Your for shape, other people. You don't um, think you're a shapeshifter? I am to an extent, okay. but like I'm always me, but all the... F- like multifaceted me's come out Mm -hmm. the different types of me's the me's like I have a million me's in me and me likes to go with these people sometimes and then me likes to go do this and then you know what I mean like I'm not just a one me
1: yeah I feel like when I started partying because substance abuse is part of my story too that I'm very grateful for you know Mm -hmm had a lot a lot of shame and a lot of guilt around that because it's like oh I had all of this you know and talents and and to make that choice which Mm -hmm. it is a choice Mm -hmm. and at the same time like on the macro level all of these experiences that I've had these different lives that I've lived adds to who I am as an artist. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and the timeline that I get to rewrite now is like that, that wasn't me. It was a choice. It was behavior. And mm-hmm. I did that mm-hmm. and I own it, mm-hmm. but that was seeking something outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And now I get to be that nerd. Who's just like, no, I don't do that. Yeah. I don't, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: No judgment, but also I, I just don't, I don't have to participate in that either. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of shame around that too. Uh, January 1st will be three years sober, right? And just during these three years of really looking back and how many choices I made based off of I wasn't in a healthy mental state or under an influence of certain aspects that I probably wouldn't have made those choices or gone down those paths. And I've gotten to really see clearing up a lot seeing what life looks like and i'm like i don't know if i would have made those choices had i been clear right had i not been like but then where so i i've had some shame and how much i've like hurt my body through that right but then on a different aspect through my spiritual practice and learning um walking a path like down the shamanic path and stuff and learning different things I also realized is when I was younger and didn't have any tools and grew up in the 80s and 90s with spirituality wasn't easily accessible growing up in Minnesota, and I talked a lot about this on this podcast, is I'm walking blindly with these knowings and these things and these intuitions and these lightning bolts, I call them, and all this stuff happened to me with no one to talk to about it and not really believing in the religion that I was like told I needed to believe in and all the doctrine. And I'm like, this is something's not right. Two, I realized that one, because when I'm doing healings, and what's interesting is my dog does this as well. If she sits in a healing, she purges, I purge. So you have like your ayahuasca or your Combo, you have these medicines um, you can purge from peyote as well that help move that energy, right? That people seek out to have these purges. So I was always throwing up from alcohol and it wouldn't be the night before. It would generally be, I'd wake up the next morning and puke for 10 hours I'd be puking stomach acid. And you would never knew when it was gonna happen to me. I could have one beer, I could have and be puking the next day. I could have a bottle of champagne and wake up and be completely fine. So it took me from walking this path, learning just about just so much different stuff to realize, oh my God, this just came to me like a year ago. My drinking was a way for me to alchemize energies. So if I walked into a bar that was really dense energy with a lot going on, And I had one beer and was puking the whole day. The next day, I was actually um, taking in all the energy from all the people in the bar. And I was going home and alchemizing it. Oh, wow. And alcohol was my way to alchemize energy. So I was doing shamanic work on a most unconscious level with no tools, but I was doing the work. And I learned this through my dog because she sits in healings. And then she'll start puking or sometimes I'll start puking. But it was like, actually, she was my teacher to this for me to connect all the dots. So now there's a part of me that I don't have as much shame around it because I feel like there was a purpose in it. And then I was doing the work without understanding the work that I was actually doing. And now I don't need alcohol to do it. And it's so weird if some really big energy needs to move and I don't have anything that I'm doing in my life because I eat pretty clean besides, you know, like a donut here and there, like yesterday. It's such a good donut. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where was it from? Whole Foods. They have this Ooh. good vegan donut and I had to stop in it. Whole what Foods. Kind? Um, I don't know, it's just in their little case where you just take okay. the one and put it in a little bag. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, it was so squishy and it was so fresh and it was so yummy. And my whole drive home I'm eating my vegan donut. Um I love that you allow yourself to have oh, fuck that. yeah, chocolate chip cookie. Absolutely. It doesn't even have to be vegan. I don't fucking care. Sometimes I'm just like, give me the thing, I want to dip it in my milk, or like have it with a coffee, like every now and then, not every now and then, like I, I eat so clean that sometimes I'm just like, give me all yeah, the sugars and all the things. But if I don't have something that's activating that, um, that purge, right. Cause I'm not putting certain things in my body for that purge. I'm starting to get migra- migraines that make me puke. So it's coming into a completely different form.
1: That's incredible. I've I've never experienced anything like that. So that's now that I told really you about it. Now you're going to start experiencing. I it. don't know. <laughs> I mean, I cry a
0: lot. See, but so that's re- your re- that's least... your way. That's your alchemization. And I can cry because something is beautiful. Yeah, that's your alchemization. So you're taking. You can even be taking energies around you that you start paying attention mm-hmm. to that. That you could be walking into the space and you're fine and then something when you're leaving you feel really emotional you've actually might be bring bringing in energy to be alchemized and through your alchemization through your superpower it's crying mine's puking and i i started i realized this too i was in a peyote ceremony and i thought the shaman in the beginning was saying that this isn't a purging medicine so when i started feeling puky. I was suppressing it and doing my techniques that I do to suppress my puke back when I was drinking a ton. Right. I got really good at it. And then finally I'm like, like it was in the break between like these little like meditation sessions. And I was like, Hey, I'm like really nauseous. And he's like, why aren't you puking? And I'm like, cause I thought you said this wasn't a purging medicine. And he's like, no, I've been waiting for someone to puke. I'm like, well, hand me the bucket. <laughs> And I, and I was the only one that puked throughout the the whole ceremony of 15 women. And that's was another seed that was coming in. I'm like, oh, this is what I do. Mm, I'm yeah. alchemizing the energies for this room. So all the times that I've been doing this and being the puker, that's just my way it comes out is by puking. So yours is crying. So that's amazing allow it to happen
1: i love what you said about food too and i think this um how you honor your body and eat really clean and you have the cookies sometimes Mm -hmm. i think there's an intelligence like this food intelligence um, and that's like a perfect example without explaining that's it that's the end that practice and to food has been another thing, you know, all the things mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that I feel like, oh, I have this, the best relationship with myself I've ever had. I've had, the, I'm having the best relationship with food I've ever had. And to just let go of needing things to fit in this tight little box, or, you know, it was like, am I'm not vegan enough. Cause I'm not completely strict can still eat, you know, yeah. certain things, but, and also, like what you what you eat and what you put into your body is such a huge 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 deal I'm really into getting the majority of my food from the farmer's market
0: and composting Mm -hmm. all about that compost life um he would love my friend Kat I'll introduce you guys because she's all about the compost and apparently there's a new rule out that you need to compost and so she moved in with her boyfriend she's like do they have a composting thing here and he's like oh my god I don't know what you're talking about and he's like let's slow our roll. You just moved in. Yeah. Here. It's, um, it's no. really
1: easy. If you keep it in the freezer, mm-hmm. you keep your fruit oh, scraps yeah. in the freezer, then they don't never smell. Right. And then, and you, then just you don't take have them
0: out. like the fruit flies and all the things. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: it's so easy. And um, I went to a, <sighs> Somebody asked me if I'm an ambassador for the Cottonwood Urban Farms. I'm not, but I'm a nerd about it. I love this nerd, a yeah, nerd part of me. This go just that's, going back to
0: being this nerd. I mean, that's the um, point is coming back to our real essence and our childhood. We know what yeah. our real essence is, right? Yeah, and ah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just oh yeah, spoke
1: over you. No, it's fine. Um, I shared this story with a a mastermind group I was doing for. um, we did in October, we would meet every Saturday and, and discuss a leadership principle. It was like really beautiful. Um, but when I was younger, my mom had to teach me quote unquote, had to teach me that when someone says you're cute, you don't say, I know you say, thank you. Right. And I'm like, that's what, that's what I want. I want, I want to be back to, I know, to, I know. I love that. I thank you. I know you're beautiful. I know. Or when people are like, you look
0: beautiful. I am beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. I love the one thing of that girl in your comedy. I went and saw her comedy show the other night. (laughs) It was so much (laughs) fucking fun. Um, thank you. Yeah. It was really a blast and you were amazing with such a big presence (laughs) on stage. And she's like, like once you got on stage, it was like, she blew the house down. I was like, I'm here. And then you bust out the tap shoes, which I love. But the one girl who was talking about, she has lesbian parents and, um you know, she really brought the point of like, I know that I'm meant to be here and I wasn't a mistake because my parents paid thousands <laughs> of dollars to create me. Right. Yeah. And the confidence that gave her mm. and the knowingness of like that, her existence and what, you know, and then I loved how she like played off of that. And, but that just like it, I was just like in awe of her recognizing that and bringing that as a as something to really look at and comprehend because in her confidence I'm like what a cool thing to like I mean I, I didn't ever grow up thinking I was a mistake but like to just know that fuck yeah my parents paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for my existence like what a cool thing to walk in when you recognize that instead of like what was me I don't know who my dad is maybe or whatever it is right that like no I'm fucking a golden child and just walking through life you know and I love how she played up like it didn't actually like always work to her benefit you know like yeah but like wow Her
1: her name is Viva Rose yeah she is on Instagram it's spelled like it sounds she was hilarious she was
0: hilarious
1: and the thing about doing standup for I think the first year I was like, I'm method acting a stand-up comedian. I'm an actress. I'm not a-. and just being like I'm a comedian. I'm a comedian and I'm gonna do this. it's fun. yeah, I don't need to overthink it. I'm just gonna do it and I love in that in doing that how everybody is really so unique. Mm-hmm and everybody shines in way. there's own no way rules
0: yeah. i took a stand-up class years ago and i did i didn't end up fully pursuing it, it i love doing it yeah. leslie wolf mm. it was he's not a comedian but he worked in a bunch of places in new york and stuff and is around comedy for so long joe joe something joe something with an f Um, and so you did the class and then the final show was at the Hollywood improv, which was so much fun. And I love doing it. I just, I I went through a divorce shortly after that. And I just like, it wasn't a space for me to continue writing for that space. But, um, what I loved about it, and it's the same thing that I love about podcasting is there's no rules. You can have some guidelines, like they try to, you know, give us some things, but like you literally get to go up on that stage and be whatever you want to be. Like even in improv, there's still, you have other people you need to play around and there's still like more things. It's all yours. You can do whatever the fuck you want. On here. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. We get to talk about whatever we want. There's no one telling me no. Yeah. And it's such a freeing that's what I loved about it. Cause it just mm-hmm. felt like such a, you know, I'm a trained actor and I did a bunch of improv and I do voiceover now and all that stuff, but like these spaces where you just get to express in whatever way that that wants to come out is like, oh with so many boxes on this earth. It's just like, peel it open, throw it out there, throw it against the wall, see what sticks, yep. see what falls off, and you just get to express you. Yeah, What is, works
1: for some people is not what works for somebody else. And there's all these definitions of what up is and should be and taking class. You know, I've taken different classes, mm-hmm. so different elements. And then just being like, I'm going to do my thing. My thing is not so much setup, up punchline. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. more like a funny... Store weird entity yes and that is yes yeah it just something happens and, yeah. I'm just, and I just go with it and say yes and um I was disappointed that I didn't win that night he,
0: he said uh what's that one guy's name crap I need to remember this Felix because Felix, I have to go back there and just be like Felix where's my fucking t-shirt tell me <laughs> I, can, I can get a t-shirt since my friend won a t-shirt and I didn't yeah um or no I'm supposed to say Felix you owe me a fucking t-shirt <laughs> Um, like, but he said you were like, you almost won. Like you were right up there.
1: And I let myself cry. Good. I just let myself cry. Let and yourself
0: I, be disappointed for the moment. And right? afterwards, this one, somebody ran up to
1: me and was like, never stop doing what you're doing mm-hmm. because I love it. And that is enough, yeah. you know. That is enough, and I love love exterior validation. I mean, you know? yeah, it's it's hard. We all do. We and all do the, to keep need yeah. to keep going, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna do what I'm inspired by, and it's just such a thrill. I love mm-hmm. part of the reason why I started doing stand up was because my improv troupe fell apart. Oh, wow. You know, when
0: everything got shut down, I was performing at Second City and I loved it. And I love this. I went through their whole program from Mm -hmm. like class A. I mean, I don't know if it's still called the same thing because this is in the early 2000s, but I started at class A and I went all the way through the conservatory. So Mm -hmm. I was in it with them for like over two years. I trained as a dancer,
1: hardcore, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would go to every class that was optional. I was there. I loved it. I would I would have to be bleeding out of my eyeballs to not go to to dance Mm -hmm. I think that's where I met my soul was dancing Mm -hmm. all these feelings Mm -hmm. and then and then I trained as an actor Mm -hmm. and then when it was I my aunt thank you Aunt Martha um paid for me to do the intensive at Second City when I was moving from Ohio back to Texas I did a week long improv intensive and I had done sketch comedy when I was in LA the first time just like I'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. and um I just was like bam and then I found out about improv jams and I was like I just want to do this and um so I'm getting at that I've never done a complete improv program i was like i just want to do this Mm -hmm. you know and i'm confident and so i got a scholarship to go to iost okay i got a full scholarship and i was like this is my thing i got through level one
0: really one
1: and they closed i was like graduated and because you have to graduate from a program to even audition at second city or ucb or any of these things so i'm like graduated and i just auditioned and got onto a team but i knew i could hold my own and that's the space where i just um Another little gem from Kundalini Yoga is no piece of paper, no certification, no piece of paper can, you have to certify yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a master at yes. this and the math, the really greatest do. masters are the greatest students. Mm-hmm. So I'm always learning. It's one of the reasons why I never really wanted to teach acting or, or coach acting. Although I do some of that, and yeah. like, I love helping my friends with auditions. I was helping a friend recently and he was like, Oh, got a good eye. And I was like, you're just now nuts <laughs> <laughs> I, <it>. uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I like, know. Yep. I know. I know but, that shit. But to always want to, I never want to feel like I've, you know, I've checked, you know, I always want to be in that, like, I'm just getting started. Yeah. I'm just learning as an artist. That's mm-hmm. what I want to feel confident in what I have to offer and to hold my own. And I love those moments where. Like I meet somebody and have a conversation or I'm just eye to eye with, Yeah, you know, I'm talking to Jamie Foxx and I'm like, I could do a scene with him. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. yeah. I can act with these people. Like mm-hmm. I'm no different.
0: You're no different. So,
1: and those are, those are the winks from the universe where it's like, um, you know, along my, and that my journey is is unique and to not compare to, the, to I think anybody else as a, to be, to be here, to pursue a career in entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's not easy as a human being, as mm-hmm. a human being. And with social media, it's even more, more. amplified because yeah. we all share the highlights. And this is a, another reason why I'm more, um, intentionally using now, I feel like I can, Oh, this is a tool and I can have, how can I have fun with it? Not, I have to have this social media presence. I have if to I want have to do this, this many followers and yeah. Ooh, we got to get out of here, but um, yeah, to let go of all of that and even to let go of w- this perception of what Hollywood is. Yeah. I was taking a shower and I was like, Oh, this is, I was like having these thoughts about being an actor being an actress mm-hmm. and uh, someone recently I was on the phone I got connected with somebody and they're like oh so-and-so told me you you were trying to
0: and I said I am an actress and they were like bam hello and you know, we're it, never trying to I, do anything yeah if you're gonna be trying you're gonna be trying forever right right it's like claiming that shit I'm you like, are
1: I was like this isn't silly this isn't silly mm-hmm. we have been telling stories as human beings since we have been here. I mean, that's
0: what they would do around the campfire. And they had still to this day in indigenous tribes, right? Totally. It's like, that's where they pass down the knowledge. That's where they get all the things is yeah. through the story. That's how we connect with other people. Like, you know, you, you can write the same book. Five different people can write the same subject, but their point of view and their experience could make it slightly different that You might not connect with that book, but then you read that book. That's the same book essentially, but now it all makes sense to you, because another person is coming with the story with another point of view, or even just a different voice structure, a way they put the words together.
1: Yeah, and I love to show kids. It's like this this movie right here, Shakespeare. This is you know Shakespeare's story retold, and the universal truth of. Uh, stand-up material about how we are all having our own unique experience mm-hmm. on, on spaceship earth mm-hmm. and at the same time for thousands of years since tens of thousands of years thousands of years millions, hundreds of years millions, decades yeah. we're like I gotta poop like we have always had oh I'm thirsty I'm yeah tired. oh hey but to uh-huh. you know like it sounded different but really Gwendolyn Yeah, such a fair maiden, but it's those same feelings.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, it's like you look at these celebrities or these people being, I'm like, they're just like you. They shit in Mm a toilet. So I don't
1: like, I don't like God. Well, gossip is very low frequency. I'm no longer available for trauma bonding or gossiping because I'm joy bonding.
0: I love
1: that. (laughs) I am joy bonding. Thanks for joy bonding with me. Yeah, this is so amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she has to get up to go to a photo shoot, so we don't want to keep her <laughs> photographer waiting and her future badass pictures. Yes, I'm so excited! Yeah, thank, we went we went
1: over. So. Yeah, thank you for letting me come yeah. and play. Thank and just you talk for being open to
0: coming and playing. This and was talking. so
1: fun! Yay, I'm it was. so it's interesting. It's so interesting. Like, if somebody sent me an invitation to your sound bath. I'm like, I don't know this person, but. Yeah, and just showed up, and then I invited somebody else to come Uh with me, and I'm like, oh, you know, somebody that I girl crushed on when we met, and I'm Uh like, and we're friends, like you know, and it's just so
0: this beautiful, staying open, trusting, Mm -hmm. just like showing up. I was so honored that you guys just trusted that and showed up because it always makes my heart so joyful to be able to expand. And to just have people just knowing that they're meant to be in a time and space. Right. And not saying no to it. I've been to a sound bath or two and it was powerful. Rock my world.
1: Yeah. 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 I I need a hug. (laughs) And uh, I know
0: my friend, Henrietta,
1: Henrietta Woodcocks, 12 time national champion, handbell choir director, master artist. Uh, She'd love to come talk to you. I'd love to talk
0: to Henrietta. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> handbell hand master yeah. she's on instagram Indiana okay.
0: woodcox okay. handbells okay you know if anybody wants to check it out yeah yeah we'll put that in the show notes the handle <laughs> and your handle as well yes. so they can check you out and if you're in la you can come see her perform whenever you're performing next because it's so much fun lots of energy if you're like and, what is this movie you
1: wrote yeah, yeah. we we're open to funding. We're in that process right now of of calling that in. And it's, I write, it's so interesting that the base of it is
0: fun. So hey, this is going to get to etymology is actually cool shit. When you start breaking down words and really seeing what words, what Things are in a word.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to. This is a. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna nerd out about this if I keep talking. So, I'm so we'll so- cut it.
0: And save scene. it for next time. And, and scene. Scene. <laughs> Thank you all for watching and listening, and we'll talk with Thank you again you. soon. It's a great day to have a great day, y'all. It really is. Bye. Bye.